Okay, so this is going to be a bit of a hot mess because apparently my audio track didn't record while we were actually doing the game. So I'm going to try to fill in what I was saying while the game was going on so you guys can get at least a sense of what's happening. So I believe as we started out, we were heading into the meeting with the Halcyon Heroes League, the League Tower North, heading up the elevators and all together. I remember the scene from The Matrix. <laughs> I, I insist on a girl from Ipanema. So what I was wondering about here is what I ask everybody to do was to kind of get a sense from this recap of where they were, what they were thinking as they're heading up this uh, elevator. And I had these uh, love letters that I'd written to everybody for them to go through and read and then make decisions off of after they did some dice rolls. I can't remember specifically what order I called out on everybody, but basically I was having them, while they were going up through the elevator, going through, and they were each going through their love letter. And I think it was Bill that was the first one. Uh, Leo. We, we could team. So, in this one, Leo, I was busy reading what the love letters were, so you're just going to have to kind of guess on that one. <laughs> Dude! <laughs> Yeah, there were a couple different options there that uh, Leo had, and none of them were very nice. Yeah, but are we going into battle against a dangerous foe? Yes. <laughs> Socially. Adults. Most dangerous foe there is. Grups. I remember what was going on there. I decided that I was going to zero out their team total just before they started this session. I'll take the nine, it's fine. Okay, so Leo took the nine, and that gave him one option off of the list. It also let him avoid the failure uh, possibility that he didn't have to worry about there. So there were three different options that he chose, and I, I want to say that what he did was he worked it out so Numina could be in the suit with Charlotte. Wait, wait, wait. Just, just answer what happens if I don't pick this one. Yeah. He decided what he was going to do was put Numina inside the suit with Leo's body, but Charlotte was running it, so that Charlotte would have extra help with that, and that made it a lot easier for her to use her powers later. <laughs> As a result, that let Charlotte kind of talk, and, and then Charlotte's role later also let her work really well with um, Leo's partners like Numa and Otto. Uh, so uh, Charlotte was actually pretty comfortable and got to use Leo's big brain throughout. So she was pretty happy about that as well. So, And he avoided the downside, the I rolled a six kind of result throughout that thing. So, Again, I'm just kind of guessing what was going on in this place. I think what I did at this point in time was I switched over to somebody else to do a roll and was reading their love letter. But I think I, think I was having everybody roll first and then I read. One person breathing really hard in the Sorry about that. Uh, so, Numina is what we talked about, so I'm going to go with that. Unfortunately, I didn't roll a miss, so I'm just going to dodge that entire bullet. Which is exactly what I just said. All right, let me just I'm gonna pause for a second and see what the next thing is that we need to do. Next up was Charlotte, and Charlotte had the options, depending on what her role was, of being able to, since she was such a socialite, you know, talking to everybody on the mic was actually pretty easy for her. And I gave her some options there that would give her like a plus one forward on certain roles. Most of the structure for all of the, well, I'll talk about the love letter structure in just a little bit. I'm not sure that's going to make it better for her. <laughs> she doesn't have voices in her head, unlike the rest of you bozos. So uh, most of these love letter structures were followed a basic structure. There was usually something that would give you a, a bonus to some action going forward, like you were going to be able to unleash your powers better, or you're going to be more dangerous, you get a bonus to your danger roll, or something. And then the third option was almost always getting influence over the person whose body you were in. Nice. Because, you know, you walk a mile in their... Yeah, you walk a mile in their moccasins, and as a result you understand them better and you get influence going forward or you get a bonus to comfort and support them 
or in some cases both, but the other bonuses weren't as good. They weren't all exactly the same. And once again, like most of the level layers, like all the level layers, um, I have five players and I have five labels. So everybody got to roll one of the five labels and nobody rolled a label that they hadn't already rolled with some other love letter in some previous game session. So everybody got to test a different strength. Um, definitely not the not the last because Jason would definitely be looking at this problem-solving opportunity, not a uh, Charlotte opportunity. Um, I'm going to take... I'm, I'll take option one. Uh, that's the sort of mechanical way that Jason would look at powers. So what Jason decided to do was get a bonus on sort of reading people using... Uh... <laughs> you know, <laughs> how's that different from Jason's body? So Right. So... Uh, Jason was getting sort of a bonus on, I think, I want to say danger. He had a role on that. Plus, he could also kind of under, or get a better sense of what her aura's vision was like. Uh, let's see. Concord was up next, and he had a couple of different options, and I wasn't, I'm not sure what he even rolled, but it wasn't a failure. Um, he had to choose on Harry. He was in Harry's speedster body, and it was a question of whether or not he was going to be... Yep. Good with the powers, or you know whether or not he was going to understand hair better. Nobody, interestingly, nobody took the option of I understand this person better. I like secrety. Um, nobody, nobody was, nobody took the option of I understand this person better, so I'm going to take influence over them, and uh, also kind of get a bonus on comfort or support. Or in some cases, you got a bonus on provoke. In some cases, you got a bonus on. You know, a, a bunch of different kinds of things um, related to their social interactions, and nobody took that option. So uh, apparently, that wasn't that motivating. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Concord was still trying to, I think, parse through all the various options that he had there. I'm not sure which one he took. I feel like it was a bonus to unleash powers. Hmm. Hmm. These are choices. I don't know that any of the choices were really that. I don't know. Not everybody found them that. Some, sometimes I really knock it out of the park with the um, love letters, and sometimes I do not. And this time I don't know that I did exactly. Mm-hmm. As you can tell here, Mike doesn't know which one, which one to really go with. I swear, if you can phase, I'll never hear the end of it. I, I might be able to phase. Uh, spoilers, he does end up phasing later. Oh... One of the options for him was to be able to pick a completely different list of speedster abilities that he was good at while he was in Harry's body. And just imagine the talk with the father saying, "Oh yeah, remember that one night when you could phase through walls? What happened to that?" Yeah, we were so close. You did it once. You could do it again. I think I'm gonna go with the second. Vibrate. All right, everyone. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and I'm not sure what... I should probably pull it up so I can see what the actual various options were. That'd be very handy. But um, he did, spoilers, end up phasing later, although it was because his powers went... The power usage went awry, not because it went well. And that did cause some problems for Harry later. Although I think Harry took an advance where he is going to... Once he gets back in his own body, he's going to be able to phase anyway, which is kind of funny, actually. Joyce, I think we need a cheat sheet reminding us of who's in whose body. It didn't help. Uh, The wiki for issue 18 has that list, and I'll link that in roll 20. Oh, dear. Oh, hi, Harry. Yeah, Harry rolled badly. He got one of the options, but he also rolled, like, his failure. So he... I've got to go back here and look and see what the actual thing was Um, I ended up doing. I don't think... Oh, I didn't... I know what I did. I didn't roll. I didn't put it in here. Which was terrible, terrible of me. Uh, so you, you can th- you can think of it as Link, Charlotte, and Jason are, and Adam and Harry are swapped. And having the cheat sheet to keep track of who was who, and having those notes and having the diagrams and having stuff up on the screen made no difference whatsoever because. Um, Mercury still couldn't keep, or uh, sorry, Charlotte still couldn't keep it straight in her head, and screwed it. You know, got it, got it, can turn around. I, what I've learned is that Charlotte actually 
all the boys just look the same to her, no matter what. They they are all exactly the same as far as she's concerned. So, because she was constantly um, mixing them up and continued to do so both through this session and into the next session. Here we go. Now I found the little. I mean, when has the concordance been helpful? Okay. Yeah, that was what Harry. Harry got the failure. You have thirty seconds to comply. Harry failed, so he ended up with the concordance constantly giving him a hard time because he was inside Adam's body. So the concordance spirit was constantly messing with him and giving him a hard time anyway. And I think. Sorry. Yeah, I think he took the middle move, which was just that he got a plus one uh, bonus when he was going to defend I can somebody. Just, I can just see this now. Harry's just like, so Adam says your name is Saul. My name is Solaris Gamma 2. You will only <laughs> address me by my full title. You have 30 seconds to comply. And what I ended up doing was actually having Mike run the Concord. Ah, uh, yes. I do not have I do not have my uh, my voice synthesizer set up for that, but I will. Yeah, he ended up playing, for all intents and purposes, the concordance or soul all the way through to mess with Harry. <laughs> okay, so, and I don't know, I think it took, actually, it took Harry a while to figure out what he was going to do. We might have moved on to the next person, which was Ghost Girl. No, wait, oh, Ghost that's, Girl? That's Ghost Girl already did it. Maybe it was Jason? Huh? Maybe Jason. I don't know. <laughs> So, all right. Ghost Girl got it. Oh, that's right. Ghost Girl was the only one that got an unmitigated success. So she was inside Leo's head. And she took advantage of his big brain. So he got a bonus to... She got to pick... uh, There's a difference between being clever in this. While in Leo's head and talking with his people, you come to some kind of revelation about the paraphysics of one of the problems facing the team. That was a big reveal later. Uh, somewhat mitigated by the fact that Catherine, just as a player, figured it out about 10 seconds before I was about to give uh, uh, Charlotte the big reveal. So it didn't really have the impact that I was hoping for. Um, She was also really good um, in the suit and was able to... Her heart sink was so good that she could actually... (laughs) She'd actually be able to merge with uh, Numa. She couldn't do Otto. But she could merge with Numa at least, and uh, plus working with Numa left her actually in pretty good shape all the way throughout. She was uh. actually able to use the suit really well. She took some time to figure that out. I, I kind of like, I, I kind of like the first two. Yeah, especially especially the whole like being being in sync with Numia Numa, or is it which one is here? Numa is in the suit. Numa. No- uh, and Numa, Numa, yeah. Numa is in the suit, and Numa is in the body. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure I was, I'm sure I was explaining the physics of all that, probably incorrectly. And the first thing they say is, "Don't worry, honey. You don't need to worry about the bathroom." Oh, <laughs> uh, what Jason ended up taking with Charlotte is that you got a plus two to uh, pierce the mask. Uh, on anybody that he could look at. On the first, plus two on the first Pierce the Mask they did, but he would lose influence over the first person they looked into because he was... Uh, him using the powers was extremely disconcerting to people. He didn't know how to make it not creepy. Mm-hmm. So I thought I just got the two, though. You do. Yeah, okay, so third one. Yeah, when the third one was just another one where she was going to get influence over okay. Link, and she decided not to do it. Uh, sorry, not influence. She got a plus one forward to comfort and support, even while she's body swapped. Although, did not pick it. Nobody did. Oh, I think I can do that. Um, and then we, I don't know, we, we talked a little bit about what that's going to look like. And then, so all that was happening yeah. while we were going up the elevator. Before they knew what was at the top of the elevator, it was just them sort of prepping for... We, we still have... I need to. We have Harry. Oh, Harry still hadn't picked out his thing. So, what did Harry do? I'll go for the first one. Which, in this case, is you've heard too many stories from your family to have the voice of the concordance freak you out too much. If you shut up and listen, it's actually helping you acclimate a lot. Take a plus one forward to your next Unleash Your Powers, which we forgot about later and then remembered. It did actually come up. That's, that's, that's Uncle Frank's favorite party joke. I have no idea what she's talking about. Anyway... 
Um, so he did actually end up taking a plus one forward on Leech Repars, which was great because when we did finally use that stuff, this was a session later, oh my god, Harry's dice were so bad. He rolled like three fives in a row. It was the absolute worst. And this actually kept him from having to use too many of the team points at one point when he was doing a Unleash Your Powers. And then the Concordance did a moment of truth, so it kind of balanced it out. Somebody else rolled. I have no idea why. Um, probably they were sharing an image meme. Like doors. Not that. Jason is Charlotte, or Charlotte is Jason. J- J- Jason is Charlotte. We can't let them know what's going on. Ah, uh, that's right. We if they no- know, they're gonna they're gonna figure out that that they're gonna decide that we can't handle it, and they're gonna want to do something. Oh, we definitely can let them know what's going on. And this went on for a little while because the group was definitely divided in their opinions as to whether or not they wanted to let the uh, Halcyon Heroes League, the League, know what was going on with them or whether they were going to try and cover it up. Harry was definitely in favor of telling them because the parents always find out. Uh, Adam was definitely in favor of telling the adults because you tell the adults and trust the adults because that's how he rolls. And the other three were a lot less sanguine about the idea, especially Jason. So they were not at all in the mood for letting people know. And I'm not sure that we really resolved this particularly well until the doors of the elevator opened up. So I think there's some discussion going on here. Um, I'll say this. Catherine does a really good job. Catherine and Dave do a really good job of their characters arguing with each other, even if they get along like a house on fire in real life. It is invasive to his own uh, connections, and it is going to be very difficult for him to actually make necessary adjustments as long as these things are going. So I'm not sure specifically what Mike was talking about right there, but I'm sure it was something to do with... Oh, it was whether or not Concord was in the link. And Concord, the Concordance Saul, was not in the link. So it was only the kids that could hear each other. Saul was just sort of stuck with whoever, talking with whoever was in the body of Adam. Which was Harry. Adam, uh, your voice isn't cooperating. Yeah. Have you tried cooperating? Adam was definitely in a get along to get along kind of mode for this entire thing and was not. He did, Mike was really worried about playing his person in somebody else's body. We had a long conversation about that before the game, but he did a great job. Uh, he's the closest thing to an expert we have right now. <laughs> He's had it for longer. Yeah. Concord was going to be the sort of vice person in the body. The thing that Mike did, I mean, he just played a 12-year-old completely out both of his power and social depth in this scene. Because, no offense to Adam, but I don't want to go through freshman year again. (laughs) The thing is that Harry, and he does a great job playing this, Catherine has a great job playing this, is that he really trusts his parents to have the expertise to know what the heck to do in a given situation because both of his folks are professional, lifelong superheroes, members of the league, the whole big thing. And this session is actually when he finds out that sometimes they make horrible, horrible decisions that you look at and go, anybody with any damn sense and moral rectitude would not have done the thing that you did. And they did it. Um, he ends up getting influence over his dad as a result of this because his dad is so ashamed of his son finding out what they did. And so his faith here is ironic later. Uh, there's Hecate. Hecate? Yeah. Hecate is the only magical, knowledgeable one who might know something about what to do with their body swap situation, but she's also kind of a bitch and a turf and I think that would her. be a really bad idea. Jason really doesn't like her. I mean, I don't Says like Jason, it. Jason emphatically. I mean, I don't like it, but So that's um yeah, I mean, two things that Catherine does really well. Trust uh, Catherine's character does really well. Is trust adults and have a real real personal investment in not having to do high school over again, which as a senior in high school, I completely understand why she's so invested in that and why she feels so strongly about it because when I was a senior I didn't want to do it all over again either. I just think it would end poorly for us if we tried to go through this meeting while in the improper bodies. Ding! Yep, there's the door opening up. Thank God. Alright, so the door is opening up and I'm describing the light and sound and music pouring in 
and everybody's sort of realizing what's going on, and uh, the situation changes precipitously. Oh, God, it's a Christmas party. <laughs> God, it's a Christmas So everybody's opinion changed. Oh, no, not these things. D. I heard rumors about these. I'm not lucky enough to know what's going on. So I was—I think I was describing the folks that were here. Um, so you've got um, the HHL. You've got a couple other non-HHL supers, although not very many. Celebrities, you know, stars, uh, the mayor and her husband, um, senator, a couple of state senators, um, people of power who weren't powered, basically. It's not late enough in the evening for it to be rubbing noses. Yeah. So we're talking about rubbing elbows with all of these other people and where to go next and who was going to go where. There there are civilians here. Yes. That was the revelation that it wasn't just, wasn't just the HHL. It was a whole bunch of folks, um, somewhere, you know, so I was going through, like I said, and describing everybody was here. Um, police commissioner, of course, got a police commissioner. That's a superhero game. Um, Basically, folks of authority. There was a little mention there of police, you know, people wondering if uh, Adam's dad would be there, but he's like a sergeant in one dist- in one police precinct, so just it's not not important enough to be at a thing like this. But uh, and they're all still standing in the elevator. They haven't even come out yet because they just they don't even know if they want to. Uh, things have been postponed, so it got pushed to the same night that this party was going on. Blinking. If we stand here long enough, will the door close again? notice yeah so they they were actually seriously considering just riding the elevator back down and running at this point but I mean what's the fun in that really so um, while this was going on and they were sort of describing this as the doors are closing uh, silver streak just appear a hand catches the door and uh, keeps it from closing, and Silverstreak is there, and he's just really, really happy about everybody being there. He's being very solicitous, partly because he knows that there's a, a very awkward conversation coming, and he's trying to get as much good karma with the kids as he can before. Um, it's possible that nothing bad's going to come out of this conversation, but it's also possible that some bad stuff is going to come out of the conversation. It's more likely, because the HHL is going to ask them to knock off some stuff that they're doing with Toby at this point, and the reason that they needed to stop is because Vurotovia, the whole thing with Vurotovia has sort of been covered up by the HHL, and the kids meddling is making it harder for that cover-up, the magic and stuff, to stick. Uh, I'll volunteer for that one. Actually, it's, it's probably more than one person thinking at the same time. <laughs> it, just, it, it just echoes around the telepathic link. Yeah. That was everybody thinking at the same time, can we just let the doors close? So um, right about now is when Silver Streak shows up. Uh, the other thing that doesn't come out until the end of the game where um, the big cover-up that they've been investigating, it turns out that it's the good guys that are doing it. Um, but that informs a lot of what Silver Streak is doing throughout the rest of the party because he's just terrified, really, of what his son is going to think of what the league did, even though Streak didn't really have a direct hand in it, he's still responsible. Oh, friggin' oh, So I think we need to keep it quiet, at least during the party, okay? Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. wave. So this is about when they realize that Silver Streak is not going to let them leave and they have to go on in. It's going to be the asshole, isn't it? Or yeah, I'm already... Channeling your minds. Yeah, so I was going through talking A-10 about... A-10 is going to be A-10. your... Oh, no. You're not, one, you're not the one who has to worry about it, are you, Harry? Oh, no. <laughs> Ooh, make a date for him. So, or something. so I was talking about who all was here, and it was there some other... Silver Street quickly pointed out that there were a couple other teen superheroes here, namely... God. Oh, no. No. None of it was really good news. There's a kid's table. So, one person was Stingray. That was Nautilus's son. Um, Stingray is a complete pain in the ass. Nobody likes him. Uh, kid Calvin, who may or may not be the son of one of uh, the Gale's arch nemeses, who's on the JHHL. 
Um, and then one of the other supers was A10, who's great. Everybody likes her. But there's also been some weird little thing where she sort of wants to ask Harry out. Harry sort of wants to ask her out. They're both really terrible at it. And she's here, too. And is probably going to want to come and talk to Harry, except Harry isn't Harry right now. Harry is being driven by a 12-year-old who doesn't know how to do social interaction. So Harry, for real, is horrified by this prospect. First, he has to worry about the fact that Concord might accidentally phase. And secondly, that he might cause some sort of social uh, horror to happen with uh, A10. Yeah. It turns out that what actually happens is he does both things simultaneously. He phases and, as a result, does something socially horrible while he's interacting with A10. So, uh, you know, that's what happens when you roll a six, I guess. That's coming up. On head level? I was about to say, that makes him, that's, that makes him floating about eight feet, or eye level is about eight feet. Right. So Harry, upon seeing A10, starts to head over to where 18 is, but fair uh, enough. Harry is in Concord's body, so without really thinking about it, he's floating at adult head height or a little bit more so he can actually see and is just floating and glowing right through the crowd and heading over towards A10, who doesn't recognize him because she doesn't know Concord from a hole in the ground, um, but seems really fixated on that particular thing and just, yeah, I guess, damage control, something like that. Uh, probably won't notice until I start walking. Yeah. So that was the question there was whether or not Harry even noticed that he was flying. And the answer was, uh, no, not really. He's just doing stuff. He's on instinct and he's wrapped up enough in stuff as a teenager that he just doesn't really notice that that stuff was going on. Meanwhile, I was kind of, you know, laying out where everybody was at and what, whoever was going to talk to, uh, coming up here, we've got, I think Leo in Jason's body goes and talks to Silverstreak. Jason in Charlotte's body kind of wants to get a read of everybody in the group. Dirk. Uh, um, <laughs> Harry, being driven by Adam, just stays by the elevator as much as he can. And uh, I think that leaves, who does that leave? Charlotte, oh, in Leo's body, who is, is kind of like, he's got the, she's got the HUD on the helmet up and is just kind of doing reads on everybody as she's walking through the crowd and identifying people. Um doesn't do a lot of social interaction because it's kind of difficult to when you're inside the suit. But she was talking a lot to everybody in the suit. So Numina, Numa, Otto. Numa was doing a lot of briefing on the people that she was seeing through the HUD. Barks start to come off of his scarf. Yeah, we were still talking about Concord going across here. This is going to be, I have to tell you guys, I'm, I'm determined that I'm going to get this audio through so we can actually at least have some information uh, more than just what the players are saying as we're going through this game, but I tell you, this is going to be this is going to be a three-hour slog to get all this audio down. Here we go. Hmm. I don't know if they'd actually say anything until like you know, it, it probably like drifts a little too close to somebody. It's just like you know, uh, uh you know, just sort of like please, you know, please mind your, uh, you know, please mind the uh, space of others while uh, flying your. You have an inordinate amount of mass in this uh, in this state. Yeah. So this was me asking Mike if Concord was giving any tips or tricks or what, any kind of input whatsoever into what Harry was doing with Concord's body right now as he's flying across the room, drifting across the room. He was moving at like, uh, you know, rank one hover speed from City of Heroes. Very slow. Um, well, my friend... Yeah, he's just fixated on going over to A10, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. We didn't really know. I mean, Harry's been interesting because Harry's not... He's been hard to kind of sock it into things. He's sort of the classic legacy speedster, but he doesn't have an issue. He doesn't have a thing. So <laughs> social awkwardness and a girl interested in him was really our first thing that's really gotten a lot of traction with him, to be perfectly honest. It's, but to be fair, it's gotten a lot of traction, so that works out. Hey, welcome to Hormones. Five minutes in and I've confused Saul. Yeah. World well, record. So, yeah, it was very interesting because I had Saul, like, sort of being confused by all the hormones surging through Harry and all the thoughts that were going on. He said, which are not, as a general rule, the sort of things that Adam thinks about. Uh, Saul has realized he likes Adam a lot better than other people. No, Harry just thinks that he's going to help a friend. Well, 
Yeah, I think A10, the way I described it, was sort of not exactly getting hit on by um, the rich kid uh, Stingray. Stingray is basically the Draco Malfoy of teen superhero teams in the city. Uh, Adam's going to look at him funny for a bit, for a second, because he's not... It's going to be like, something's weird about... Oh, yeah, I'm not four feet anymore. And he just, just like, nods his head, you know, just like, doesn't say a word, and just like, just nodding his head new. Oh, that was Silverstreak asking if Harry wanted to head over to the buffet. Except Harry's not Harry, Harry is Adam. And Adam just doesn't... He, no way does he want to even try to have a conversation with Harry's dad. Because Harry's relationship with his parents is very different than Adam's... Well, it's 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 different than... Adam's relationship with his parents, not very different. Honestly, they have more in common than most people because none of the other people even have parents, really, functionally. These two have the most in common when it comes to their family life, although... Jason tries to sketch out a, a, a curtsy. It's one of those things where they're so similar that they're actually very different. Um, probably not well. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, we switch over to Dave, who's running Charlotte and kind of yeah. being a wallflower around the outside edge of the... Of the thing, and here goes Dave explaining what he's talking about. Yeah, he he, he knows what a curtsy looks like from the front view kind of thing, he, but he's never actually he, he, placed the feet and done the leg motion to actually make it happen. So, so he probably like he just bobs rotation. Yeah, <laughs> looks like a balloon, just bobs down and comes back up. Okay, so yeah, I think I was describing some. Who did he do the curtsy to? I don't remember. I don't think it was Hecate. He does run into Hecate right away. I have Hecate head straight for her because uh, Hecate is a turf, really doesn't like guys, doesn't like lots of people. Uh, there are too many voices in my face. Ghost Girl is magic and a girl, and as such, the only person who's really worth Hecate's time as far as Hecate is concerned. Uh, so she's going to, she sidles up alongside. Ghost Girl really quite quickly and uh, talks to her. Although I think I gave... I'll, I'll edge my way over it and pay close attention. Yeah. I think I I think I think gave... That's, it's a little bit further out that that happens. Meanwhile, uh, Link, as Jason is going over and talking to... I want to say Silverstreak. Or that he's going to seek him out. Or is listening in while Sil- Silverstreak is talking to uh, Harry. I'm not sure exactly what's going on right now. I gotta. I, I don't remember. This is going to be the most annoying actual play of all time, guys, and I apologize for that, but I can't really change the length of the video, so I've got to fill in the space that's been given to me to fill. Um, I think I will because I can maintain contact with the rest of the team telepathically, uh, so there's no need to be physically close. Okay. So they do split up a little bit. I think, I'm pretty sure this is when he goes over to Silver Streak and talks to him. He's During the party... His main interaction, Leo's main interaction in Jason's body is to talk to Silverstreak. And he ends up doing he ends up doing a pierce the mask to try to figure out what Silverstreak's deal is. And I'm pretty sure and assess the situation. I'm also pretty sure Charlotte didn't assess the situation as well in Leo's helmet, which were I'm pretty sure went pretty well. Although honestly, this session the only the only good role was Charlotte's love letter. Um I'm gonna Come on, Dave. I'm going to kind of edge around the sides of the of the party. I, I'm I'm feeling very self conscious, um, and I've got this. I, I'm seeing smile. all these really smile. Things. Remember to smile. Not that smile. Not that smile. Char- Charlotte wears this rictus grin. Oh, uh, please which not that. Doesn't, doesn't make her look any less uh, ghastly. Um, okay, so. Yeah, I, I'm describing more, kind of going around. The outside edge of this room is all glass, so she's kind of going along the glass walls, Nakatomi Plaza. Anyway, so she's going along the outside there, and I'm describing what the people are looking like, what the read is that she's getting off of people, giving him the, I'm not familiar with magic, so what is this going to look like to me, read on people's auras, what their interactions are like, helping him sort of parse, I think it was Unleash Your Powers? No, I don't know what I had him do. Um, okay. So what about Jason? How does that work out for me? I don't know what he's even talking about at this point in time. So I'm, uh, I don't know exactly what's going on there. Uh, it's hard to reconstruct afterwards. Anyway, all right. So he's going around the outside, and I'm sort of describing all the stuff and letting Jason. Oh, really? Well, 
code names for bodies, real names for identities. Yeah. Oh, we were trying to figure out how to refer to everybody. So what we ended up working with was we would say... For your brains. It's the bodies. superhero body name plus non-superhero real name. So it's Ghost Girl with Jason or Link with Charlotte. Um, the super- and, and really kind of analyzing these auras that... that, that he- it's it's an interesting it seems to be an interesting insight into the individual personalities and maybe power levels and maybe attitudes and he's trying to figure out exactly how they work um yeah of course because jason's trying to analyze things it was an interesting thing because jason was is a one of his powers basically is being a you know hyper genius link is a hyper genius charlotte isn't um Link into Jason's head worked just fine. He was, he played it, you know, being well ahead of the curve. Charlotte took advantage of being in Link's head and really putting two in together just a lot faster. It's not that Charlotte's not smart, but she's not a super genius. Jason is a super genius who's used to being a super genius who is not in his genius brain. And Charlotte's brain is sort of virtual. It doesn't make it a super genius brain. So he struggled in character with just getting slower thinking speed wise um i i would i would like to i if 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 i can edge around sort of towards them i'd like to try to get some preliminary reads on the actual hhl folks who we're going to be facing later okay so i was doing that with most of the people there's a whole list of hhl folks nautilus is sort of submariner plus tony stark with adhd or possibly <laughs> hard on the spectrum autism. Um, oh, who else was there? Well, Oya. I guess it's an okay ha ha ha. Yeah, Oya, who is kind of a uh, yeah. It was based on a stat that Jason doesn't have a very good read. It was mundane, but did okay on the read. Um, Oya is sort of an Earth goddess. Um, Transcendent is kind of a Superman analog, but Superman slash Samaritan analog, but not really. He's he's more of an entity that's been projected here by an entire by an entire alien race. He's just like the embodiment of their current psyche, and as such, he can't be read. Said, um, Nautilus, Oya, Transcendent, and Guardian were uh, immediately visible. Oh, and Guardian is like that one dude with the. Uh, in my mind, his personality is like the dude who smokes the cigars all the time in uh, the Watchmen. I can't remember his name. Comedian. The Comedian, yeah. The Guardian's kind of like the Comedian, except with uh, kind of a weird kinetic energy power suit, and he, he wants to retire. Um, he's kind of a womanizer, kind of a loud dude, um, but sort of modeled on the Comedian a bit. He's just loud and boisterous and stuff like that. Loves being in front of a camera. Doesn't really want to do the superhero gig anymore. So I was going around giving reads on all these folks. Or and what did they say? Explaining who didn't give reads and that kind of thing. Talking about what Guardian's talking about. And... Just out of character, though, I want to see a, a five or six player poker game later with all power armor. <laughs> oh, that was the thing about um, getting reads off of people with power armor and facial expressions. Matching the auras to facial that, expressions. That light this is what you get for to having... the right of your wrist, on the right of your wrist there. This is what you have for uh, letting your uh, eye lights uh, brighten and lower whenever your eyes open. Yeah. Somebody who's so I think the joke was somebody who's so easy to read that you can actually figure out what their poker tell is even though they're inside power armor. Mm. Yeah. I'm I'm trying not I'm trying to walk like a boy. Yeah. This is Link walking out oh, into the suit. <laughs> into the, walking out into the crowd and the audience. Or the the whole party. And Charlie well, not really knowing how to well, act like a boy. Well, yeah. So, so yeah, the shoulders are back, and are are very fixed. So she's not quite goose stepping, but she wants to make sure she's not swaying at all. I believe comparisons were made to Mulan when she first tries to act like a boy. <laughs> I think this has to catch the atten- attention of one of through her mental. Thoughts going, don't sway your hips, don't sway your hips, don't sway your hips. Or just clunk, clunk. And when was the last time I actually walked? True. 
Oh, oh yeah, I gotta take my feet. Pick my feet up. Pick your feet up. Don't drag your feet. <laughs> yeah, it's a double challenge. You have to walk like a boy, but you also have to remember how to walk when you've been a ghost for a couple hundred years. <laughs> that was the challenge. I'm I, I'm nowhere near the buffet table because I don't want anyone to offer me food. <laughs> yeah, because Link is still technically secret. Item, I'm right? I'm casually screening the room, asking. Uh, who everybody is kind of in in my head so if someone comes up to me yeah so i had this is where i explained that numa was sort of like linked in here and reading you know numa is not any better a computer than a regular person is just because she is an uh, ai entity she's not a computer entity so she was basically reading a secondary feed of link's hud and then explaining you know doing searches to pull up people's identities and stuff and basically trying to put ID tags above everybody's head as they, as she was walking through everything and kind of just trying to explain all that stuff. Otto was not being super helpful with his commentary, but he was definitely offering commentary. They were both back at the Gale Estate in the carriage house. Susie, the newspaper person who asked us about dating here? Yep. Yeah. Oh, and I'm so glad that Catherine asked that because <laughs> Tasha Starr, thanks to Catherine's ask, was here. Um, <laughs> and glommed on the Have link. Have fun, Link. Glommed on the link and grabbed his arm. And, and yeah, no, that's who I was. Probably would have tried to hit on him, except so much stuff was happening that I kind of lost track of that. And I really, I would have liked to have seen her trying to either garner another interview or just kind of be kind of creepy stalker. <laughs> I did a little bit of it, but I wanted to come back to it and have a longer conversation where she was asking awkward, probing questions and all that kind of stuff. And I unfortunately lost opportunity there because uh, I didn't get back to do that with Link now. And by the time they're back in the room later, after they get interrupted by the league, she's unconscious. So really, yeah, like like she's posing for a selfie. Yeah. So there was a lot of discussion of Tasha and what she looked like and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So anyway, a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah, I ended up with Link sort of being in the middle of the room and then needing to turn back around and come back to Harry being run by Adam. Sorry, Mercury being run by Adam because A10 found him and he needed help. Standing right by the elevator trying not to be noticed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Harry, in Adam's body, was going over to where A-10 was. And A-10, by the time he got over there, A-10 had circled around the outside of the party and had come over to where Harry was standing, which is where Adam was at, trying not to be noticed and, of course, immediately getting noticed by A-10. So that was just the social thing. He was immediately dropped right into that hot seat, as far as that goes, I think. Oh, goodness. Yep. And Catherine was panicking at this point in time because she realized what was happening. Oh, probably. Yeah, and Leo is going to relay a quick thought to Charlotte for her benefit. Here's a, here's a simple thing. No matter how complicated the question, no matter how complex your answer might be, just use these words. A lot happened. <laughs> so I laugh out loud to kind of... Yeah, the whole, that was how to deal with Tasha Star. <clears throat> Sorry, just... Just getting over a cold. Uh, you just seem kind of excited for everybody to be here. I just uh, wanted to thank you for all the support that you've shown for uh, members of this team. Yeah, so Silver Streak was saying, you know, great it is, and he really thinks Harry's really appreciating it, and just, you know, thinks you guys have really stepped up in just a short period of time and really, you know, made a name for yourself and uh, attributes a lot of that to Joseph. I'm immediately worrying, okay? I'm just thinking internally. Yeah, because Silverstreak is complimenting, and so far, whenever in the game, whenever Silverstreak compliments somebody, he usually ends up, he tries to shift their labels, or the shift label shift happens, and somebody ends up taking a condition because he's complimenting them on something that's already maxed out. Jason starts to say about something, you need to find it, and then he gets he cuts off. That's about the time that someone talks in his ear, and he's suddenly interrupted, so. Oh, right. Because Dave, Dave, I think, was just about ready to give um, some advice on what to say to Silverstreak as Jason. And just as that was happening, Hecate is right next to him saying, you know, standing right next to him and says, I know what you did and I know what you're doing, which was, you know, meant to be creepy. Well, no, it was meant to be a compliment, but it comes across creepy because Hecate is creepy and nobody likes it. But I think people 
throw some team in on this? I'm pretty sure people throw some team. It's funny because Bill always rolls really well on this kind of stuff, and he did not roll well on this. Nobody. We that this is definitely a battle. Yeah, we're we're it feels like we're entering battle. Yeah, so we ended up allocating team points. We went down through the whole list of do you trust the leader? Who is the leader? I think we gave it to Leo in this case. Uh, who is the leader? Do you third, trust the leader? Third main, we're down at two teams. So. so we were down to two team, and we ended up going through, and I think everybody ended up with like four just so we could figure out whether or not we had points to help uh, Leo out of this hole that he'd rolled. And it's, like, it, I, it's funny because, honestly, during the whole body swap, almost nobody rolled well. Um, the only really unmitigated success that we had was when uh, next session where Concord... I do not... Actually, I do have influence over every team member. Holy crap! You're a leader! Uh, if I volunteer as leader, being the one who suggested this telepathic link, is that okay? I mean, yeah. There, there was I thought little, Adam thought he was the leader. There was a little bit of debate about who was going to be the leader. As, as, as being Harry stepping forward for the social occasion. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there was some debate about who was going to be the actual leader, and then we ended up. T- uh, th- it uh, been a while. The answer is yes, regardless. Yeah. The issue here was mostly that we were trying to figure out, and it had been a while since we engaged in a conflict as a team. We didn't know who the leader was going to be. Next session didn't end up being a problem. We were in the middle of a fight, and it was like, nope, Leo's in charge. Yeah, Leo's definitely the leader for this one. And I think everybody really would like it in different situations if different people were the leader. So, we want to hand that hat around a little bit. Um, session coming up, I actually expect it's going to be Charlotte um, in Leo's body, but still Charlotte. So, that'll be interesting, too. So, we're figuring out all of this because we need to figure out how many team points we've got so we can see whether or not we can help Leo. I can't remember what he rolled, but it was not good. And he wanted to at least get one question out of uh, Silver Streak. And at that point, he was really getting nothing. I, I would say we are well prepared, but very off balance. Yes, so, I think that's- so I think we ended up with a total of like five team points, and we only needed like two for this thing anyway. So we spent a lot of time trying to sort this out. Next time when we get in the fight uh, with the Yule Cat in the next session, oh, yeah. things go so much quicker with this. We get bang, 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 bang. Okay, we got six points. Let's rock. And that was it. Um, so this is mostly, I think a lot of this takes so long because it had been so long since we tallied up team points. It had been a long time since we'd done it. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Um, if if Harry can help by telling me what to say to Silverstreak or how to read him, and if Jason can help me with what ought to come out of my mouth, that will be enough team to push this roll up to seven. And I think I was pointing out that Jason really is a little distracted right now, and maybe somebody else could kick in. But I, I honestly don't think I. Maybe I didn't do that. I don't remember. We got enough points. That's the. It was most about. Narrating again, you know, it's kind of funny. You get to the end of the session, and the end of session moves used to take us forever, and now it takes us like two minutes because we're so familiar with it, and we know or I already have influence, so I'm going to move your labels. All that stuff, which took 20, 25 minutes at the end of the sessions early on, now it takes us like two. Uh, and that's just familiarity. We haven't done this in a while, so it really slowed things up when we had to tally up team points. It's not like it's complicated because next session we had to do the same thing, and it went just slick as you like, so. Really, not a problem. Um, I would say anything that either about or reminds him of some of past victories or anything because he's honestly like you know always willing to sit down and tell a story and it cheers him up. So I think like referencing defeated. So, so when so when Silverstreak is talking about. The responsibilities you have to know about. Um, at that point, Harry can probably prompt and say, "Yeah, ask him about this thing. Ask him about what, what the team had to do after they beat this guy." And at that point, um, that should sound like that. Yeah. So that was just. I of course went back to Harry and said, "Okay, if you're giving him a plus one, tell me what you're doing. Nobody has to roll, but." And for Jason's part, if, unless he has a better idea, um, asking him for. Uh, a, a similar sort of bonding story from the Byron Quill days seems like it would satisfy that side. I had sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that sounds good. Unless, um, am I in a position to be able to actually see? Yeah, and he was going to aura read. Is there anything that I can tell from his aura? Anything about him that would that, that gives me an idea of what direction to nudge? Well, that would also be excellent. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that was what we ended up going with because, honestly, there wasn't a lot of interaction between Byron Quill and Silver Streak in the past, so we decided to go with this. All right, I, I'm sorry. A, a lot of things have gone on in the last few days, I understand. Um, I mean, for example, if something weird happened like aliens landed or, you know, if we swapped bodies or something, uh, I like to think this team would handle it gracefully.